I don't know if you guys have voted in the general election, but yo, that's my joy. That's my joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to episode six of the Yo, That's My John podcast, the podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, a.k.a. Johnny Cash, a.k.a. John Luke Picard, a.k.a. Genghis John, a.k.a. John Wick, a.k.a. the guy in the PG-13 movie everyone's really hoping makes it happen, a.k.a. Nape Toppy, here with yet another new episode for the masses. Big ups to Tim Conley for coming through with John Luke Picard for yet another AKA submission. And shout out to the love of my life, Katie Dobney, who came up with Genghis John. Keep them all coming, guys. I'm loving it. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. Today, I speak with the one and only Scott Miller. Scott and I go back, way back, way, 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 way back. Like, we've known each other since I was 10 way back. Like, we started our musical careers together way back. Like, back, 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 all the way in the back. So, having shared the stage for close to 30 years, it was a no-brainer to share the pod with him. And you know, talking with Scott brought back some amazing memories of the journey that led both of us here. You know, we get into this during the interview, but we learned our crafts together. And over the years, there have been so many contributors who have helped us along the way. I just want to take a moment to thank some of the people who played a part in those early days before either Scott or I had any clue with what we were doing with our instruments. To Joe Gilmer, the founding father who put together the swinging cannons, the greatest lip sync to karaoke, to actual band that ever was. And to everyone who was ever lucky enough to call themselves a cannon. Keith Reber, Bud Kling, Sharon Miller, Andrew Scott, Thaddeus Jeremiah Van Gilder, Vincent Ball, Stacey Greer, and the late Pilar Dahlman. To Mr. and Mrs. Miller, who let Scott and I make horrendous noise in their basement that eventually became less and less horrendous until finally it became somewhat tolerable. To the North Penn Marching Knights, who taught us a discipline that remains in our core through to today. To Tex-Mex Connection, who gave us a stage when we probably didn't deserve one and provided a place where we could experiment freely and find ourselves and find our own voice. And personally, to my parents and my grandmother, who are no longer with us, that not only gave me life, but gave me confidence as they very much believed in me. You know, I know it sounds cliche, but nothing I do would exist without the support they gave me throughout all of my life. I only wish that they were here so they could hear me say that. Most importantly, I want to thank Scott. He has challenged me to be a better musician since day one. It was like, oh, shoot, Scott can actually play a drum beat now. Crap. Uh, I better figure out how to play some chords. You know, I'm never as comfortable on stage as I am when I look over my shoulder and I see him there behind the drums or the bongos or the congas or the djembe or the cajon or whatever version of a percussive instrument he has brought along to the party this go around. I've been blessed to be able to make music with him for all these years. And beyond that, I've been blessed to have had him in my life as a friend. After this very short ad break, we will have my interview with Scott Miller. 
Without further ado, my guest today is a percussive mastermind who has played drums in the bands Rocky Development, Stone Jack Ballers, Black River Commoner, as well as playing with me in the Swinging Cannons and the Impact Players. He can currently be found behind the drums in the prog rock powerhouse formerly known as Valdez, the newly minted Tribe of Names. He fucking plays drums, and he fucking plays them better than you do. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming my brother from another mother, Mr. Scott Miller. Oh, I see the, the thing. It's, it's, it's recording. Guys, I'm here with Scott Miller, my buddy. We got buddies. It's another buddy episode. <laughs> What's up, Nate? How you doing, sir? Doing great, man. Doing great. I am honored. Um, you'll hear it uh, I, again. I, everybody's got to get used to this at this point, but I haven't recorded it yet. But I have written it out. No, you will be honored by the great intro that I just gave you leading into this. Uh, but uh, I can't wait to see it. But uh, uh, you deserve every single word that I've said. Uh, tell these people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up. Um, I know these answers, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Um, no, first, you know, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Um, love the show. It's great, man. It's really great. Um, you know, all the best with it, because it, it rocks. So your John is my John. Oh, buddy. <laughs> As it is. Um, so, so me, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in, uh, in North Wales. I was, uh, born in, uh, you know, the end of the seventies, uh, the end of the golden era. Right. Um, grew up in North Wales, right around the corner from you. Oh yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> that, that was you. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Yeah. Uh, through the, you know, North Penn school district. Um, lots of laughs, lots of music, um, you know, after high school, uh, you know, did some, some college time, you know, did my time there, uh, played in a little bit of bandage in there in college, uh, and after, and, you know, music is, is been the constant, um, yeah. you know, in my life, the, uh, the recurring thing that is, has always been there. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so speaking of music, like, um, what kind of parent, uh, what kind of music were your parents listening to like early on before you had your own taste? Like what was going on there? We were, in the house uh, and in the car, it was whatever um, would stop a fight between my sister and I, whatever it was that like we could agree on, uh, tended to be um, mostly oldies, you know, uh, the fifties and the sixties, uh, lots of doo-wop. Um, you know, my dad was, uh, was kind of a country head, you know, so he was, he had his thing in like the Alan Jackson and like the Garth Brooks, not the old school country. Right. Uh, you know, not, not like, uh, you know, Willie Nelson and, and Hank Williams and that stuff. Although, you know, that was my, my grandma's twist, my dad's mom, uh, huge, uh, um, I just said his name and now I forget it. <laughs> Willie Nelson and uh... Willie Nelson. Yeah. She actually had a, a Willie Nelson bandana hanging, uh, on her wall, you know, from a concert that was pretty cool. So whenever yeah, I hear awesome. him, you know, I naturally think of her, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was, you know, mostly oldies, um, that's, yeah, that's what. So you know, um, you mentioned that you have a sister. Uh, how much do you think that um, her tastes influence your taste? You said that it was whatever stopped the fight, but at some point, it kind of merged, right? It did. Yeah, it did. Um, oddly enough, yeah. Like 
I mean, I went to my first concert because of her, um, which, you know, I'm just going to out myself right now. And it was new kids on the block. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> the way that it, it happened and it's, it's, I, I have a defense for this, you know, this is my, my garden people are like what new kids on the block. Um, she wanted to go, you know, new kids were hot. They were super hot. Uh, of course you remember. Um, and she wanted to go. And uh, was it sixth grade I was in, which puts her uh, in eighth grade, put her in eighth grade. Uh, she wanted to go. And she was like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And to quell any sibling rivalry, it was, you can go if your brother goes. So um, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll go see new kids on the block. Um, although this didn't actually, you know, shape my, <laughs> you know, interest yeah, sure. in music. But it's just a, a stamp in the, the timeline. Um, so that was my first concert, New Kids on the Block, um, with Dino. You remember Dino? I do remember, remember that guy, twenty four seven, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but definitely the stuff that I picked up from her, um, Poison. Poison was uh, she was, you know, big into Poison, and I used to make fun of it. But I also would sit there and you know air drum along um, with uh, with what's his name Rocket uh, Mike Mike not Mike Rock Ricky, Rick, Ricky Rock, Rocket yeah Ricky, Ricky Rocket. Rocket. Um, used to air drum along with that stuff, uh, you know, which, you know, got me down the, the rock and roll path. Um, so it did merge, uh, and there, there was kind of a, a balance that was struck at some point, not, you know, in the elementary school years, uh, it took, you know, junior high, <laughs> high school before yeah. that happened. Yeah. So, um, two funny poison hits real quick. Um, one, didn't your sister have like a poison fan club with like Michelle Dermer or something like that? Am I remembering that right? <laughs> you probably are. I'm just putting her on blast. You, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you probably are. And two crazy, uh, poison trivia fact is, uh, CC DeVille, the guitar player, his, yeah. um, uh, baby mom, uh, is from our area and uh, <laughs> her dad used to come to Tex-Mex a lot when I was DJing and like one day I was uh, playing like talk dirty to me while DJing and he comes uh, up he goes you like them I go yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he was like that's my son-in-law and I was like oh okay yeah I love them they're great but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but he came back a lot and he was like oh CC's in town all the time for Christmas and because they still have a very close family but there wow. you go there's a little poison factoid. So you talked about air drumming. You see how much I run at the mouth. Uh, you, talk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, you talked about air drumming. When, uh, when did drums become like your thing? Like, uh, that's a tough call. Like I said, you know, like I used to, one of my first tapes was, um, Phil Collins, uh, no jacket required. Right. So I'm like, I'm checking my hair in the, in the thing. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's out of control. I got COVID cut still. Um, uh, so, you know, that was, you know, full Collins. it's percussive music, you know, it's just crazy drums all over it. Um, and you know, air drumming along to poison. I think I have, when I really have to nail it down, um, was, you know, not to get into our history too early before we get there, but, uh, swinging cannons. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, well, you know, guitars, uh, your thing, you know, Joe's handling singing, um, what's left, you know, bass, you know, I'm not going to talk trash on bass, but, um, nobody wants to be the bass player <laughs> drums. They're just, they're just flat out cool. Um, and then again, you know, tying my sister into, into my, my musical, um, uh, growth, I guess, um, 
was when she joined marching band. She was in the color guard. Uh, and seeing the drum line there was just, it, it was out of this world, man. They were, they were so good. And that like cemented it. That really cemented it. Like, I, I've got to do this. Like, this is a, a great outlet. It's just so cool. So um, that's, that's really where it got nailed down, I think. Yeah. You didn't take uh, lessons, right? Formal lessons or like... I did. I took lessons for like three weeks. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe maybe three months, you know, it's a stretch, but it wasn't long. And it was at Stewart's Music yeah. um, over there. And it was in preparation for the marching band. Um, you know, and I was told, I remember in, in junior high, I had said to uh, the music teacher in junior high, um, you know, I want to do this. What do I have to do? Point me in the right direction. I'd never took band. Um, and didn't, you know, know the first thing about doing this the right way. And he said, well, start taking lessons immediately. Okay. So I, I started taking those lessons. Um, and then once I, you know, got into the marching band, like lessons stopped because that was lessons. That was, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, um, now it, it, this is pretty much an easy, um, question, but do you feel like, uh, marching band was kind of the moment when you realized, Oh shit, this isn't just something I like for fun. This is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, it, it was. Um, and it's, it's probably, you know, partial love, of the drums, but it was also so much time spent, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you, you did it. Um, it's just hours upon hours upon hours, uh, and to throw that away, you know, and you, you learn so much in such a short period of time that like after, you know, after that, after three years of high school and doing marching band, you feel like not that you've mastered it. Um, you never master it, you know, you just always learn, but, I have a, a foundation, you know, by which yeah. to stand, you know, this is, I can build upon this on my own, um, and, and carry it on from there. And, and did, um, did I answer that question? Yeah, I think <laughs> you did. And not, not just did, but very successfully. Um, if I do say so myself, like, um, you know, you, these people don't know, but when we first started playing together, um, you had that yard sale drum set, um, that oh, had, yeah, what, yeah. like maybe three, maybe a three piece. If that it was, it was like a bass drum, a snare drum. And I think a floor Tom, right. And maybe, you, maybe a cymbal. And you were playing that with, um, wooden spoons for a good deal of time before you got yeah. drumsticks, you know? Yeah. So like th to, to know where you are now from that, I mean, I guess everybody starts somewhere, but whatever. Yeah, it's, of fucking course. it's fucking impressive to me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. You know, it was what, like, you know, 30 years, you know, just about. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, that's where it did start, you know, and, it was air drumming, you know, with the, with the swinging cannons. And then it was that, uh, that yard sale drum set, you know, and, and just playing that boom to cat to cat to coom cat to coom coom cat to cat to coom cat. Like that was the only beat. And I probably played that beat for five years for every song that I ever attempted to play. And it fit, um, and it fit. you know, yeah. and then, you know, you, you do what everybody does, you know, you, you save up money and you find like, I, I found a bass drum that was for sale. Um, you know, and then a, a snare drum. And so you, you just slowly like build this stuff up and, you know, you're 
building these drums up is you're, you know, building your knowledge, you know? So, um, <laughs> it was a wild ride, you know, starting from, from nothing and not knowing anything. So I still don't really yeah. know. <laughs> well, do we do, do any of us ever really know anything? Um, yeah. do you still have pieces of that old set or is that all long gone? Uh, there might be, uh, there might be a piece or two at my parents' house in the basement. Uh, maybe like a, a drum that's been, you know, in a dingy basement for, yeah. you know, 20 some odd years. Um, I, I don't have any pieces of it here, yeah. um, but there might still be a piece of like a cymbal stand or something like that back yeah. there. I'm surprised you haven't um, added it to the um, 60 million drums that make up your drum set right now, but that's impressive that uh, you show restraint. <laughs> There's only, yeah, thank you. There's only five drums in my drum set. Yeah. Okay. Five. Uh -huh. Five drums. And how many cymbals? symbols? Yeah, there 16. you go. <laughs> <laughs> five drums. So, so you, you mentioned the uh, swinging cannons. Um, how did that yeah. come about? I actually came to the cannons late if uh you don't remember but uh, i don't i don't remember yeah. i i i couldn't tell you how that started i have I, it's probably something that's like traumatic that i've erased from my memory out. yeah yeah I, I think joe may have hit me over the back of the head and i woke up and i was like oh cool we're in a in an air band yeah, um, to explain to people uh, what kind of what an air band is is uh, we <laughs> lip synced and played like blow up instruments and air guitars and air drums and stuff like that um, at parties. Uh, that was our we put on a show. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, we we did it a lot, uh, which is yeah. weird. But you know, and then somehow that uh, you know, I think. I think the drum set might have come first or Joe's guitar came first. One of those two came first. And then it was like, all right, now we play instruments. And yeah, probably it was probably the guitar. Yeah. Um, that, that came first. I would have to imagine. Um, but I, I do remember, you know, bringing, bringing this back, like memories start flooding back. I remember, you know, we rehearse at Joe's house rehearse, you know, when we first, we first got, you know, like instruments, yeah. Um, we're doing the, you know, Cannons Kill Your Christmas stuff, but Joe's older brother, Bob, he had, you know, the band that played uh, in the basement up there. Shout out to the Flaming Buttheads. Uh. Yes, yes, the Flaming Buttheads. Um, you know, and I, I remember walking into that room and seeing that huge Roland, you remember that, that old electronic kit that was there? Yeah. Um, and that was probably another pivotal moment, you know, seeing that and going, wow, that looks really cool. Like I could, I could get down with that. And Joe was like, do not touch it. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't even look at it. Uh, so, okay, I won't, but maybe I'll get one of my own someday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I thinking about the cannons, I did miss a step because when you said cannons kill your Christmas, it reminded me there was also that brief, um, uh, weird Al esque karaoke version of the group where we just changed lyrics and sang over karaoke tracks. So I, I forgot mm -hmm. about that part. Too. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to like, just go through history here, <laughs> you know, it was, it was that. And then, you know, there was the battle of the bands. Yes. Yeah. Hugely, uh, hugely, uh, uh, profound. Um, that was, that was so cool because I wasn't even in high school then. I don't think, I think I was in ninth grade and you were in 10th grade and that would have made Joe a junior. That's right. That sounds about right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was, that was super cool. Like, wait a minute, I'm in ninth grade and I'm, playing a battle of the bands at the high school. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other battle of the bands at the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
You know, I really wish there was some form of recording from that show um, because all I remember was everything went wrong from start to finish. Just to uh, catch people up, we played a Battle of the Bands at the YMCA. I actually uh, think I just found the um, the uh, program for the show uh, in a no folder. way. Yeah, 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 I think it's upstairs. Actually, I should have wow. grabbed that too. It's uh, also in that folder is all of the old Cannons lyrics uh, from when we were that. Um, <laughs> that karaoke band uh those should probably disappear but uh so we played the ymca battle of the bands and um i, I don't know your memories of it all i know is i remember like we were promised a drum set and we didn't have mm -hmm. a drum set and then like everything else we were promised amps there were no amps there we didn't have amps so. <laughs> no no we we barely i remember that was the um I ended up playing some drum set. And I remember it was the first time that I actually played a real ride cymbal for the first time uh, before it was, you know, like a, not a trash can live when I say, but you know, the, the symbol, the musical equi uh, equivalent of a trash can lid. Yeah, that uh, thing it was heavy too. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, actually playing a ride cymbal for the first time, it felt like your stick would up. I'm sorry, did there I you lose are. you? Yeah, there you are, you're back. Oh my gosh, I've, I've got the thing plugged in. I've got my battery plugged in and it just said 20%. Um, we're all here. So, it, you know, I hit it with the stick. And I remember like the first time, like we were playing plush. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if we opened with that or if that was the only song we played. I just remember plush was involved um, and hitting the ride cymbal for the first time. And it felt like the stick like sank into it. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember too much from that uh, except plush. I remember hanging out uh afterwards and i think yeah. i got picked up i think my dad picked me up afterwards <laughs> like that's how that's how long ago it was sounds about right but it was yeah. cool like it, it felt so cool you know playing a battle of the bands like yeah i remember like loading in and stuff and we were like oh man this is awesome we're like rock stars and we're up on this stage with lights and stuff and yeah. like literally could not play the songs that we were playing <laughs> yeah well because you know we there was there was no concept of rehearsal you know like right. you, you half-ass your way through the song once and you're like we got it we're gonna roll you know there's there's no repeating you know let's just work on that that intro a couple times and nail that down no there was none of that yeah none of um also around this time we entered um that uh spin magazine contest for the worst band in america i don't know if you remember that um <laughs> no but i can tell you we didn't win and and that's a farce that is exactly <laughs> there's, right there's no doubt in my mind that we were the worst band in america there's no way anyone was worse than we were um <laughs> no, it's not possible uh yeah that was uh bad but uh so we're you know talking cannons i wanted to show you i was actually going to wear this tonight but um it's it's falling apart um but this is oh the, um, that's that's <laughs> hot yeah it's retro but like you can see it's uh it's seen better days uh so <laughs> that is you gotta uh, frame that man you gotta frame it that's but, beautiful uh, but yeah so then like you know we started jamming and we started like writing songs and i think like marching band really like brought all of us kind of into our own um you know, like, uh, I don't know if you feel any different, but like, that was really when I was like, oh, wait, we can make music. Like, it's not just a joke where we goof around and. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, not to, you know, make light or not make light, but uh, put it out there. You know, like there's a stigma that's attached with marching band. Right. You know, like, let's be honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you talk about like all the, the fundamental stuff that, 
at least I gained from it. It was just so important, you know, like uh, just confidence, um, you know, and, and that's huge, you know, being able to, to go out and just play in front of somebody. Um, you know, of course, you know, you got seven other people playing the same instrument as you, but, and that, that gives you the, the safety, but it also just gives you the confidence to be out there and, you know, stand there and be like, well, this is what I'm doing. You know, and yeah. there's, there's people that are watching you and, and literally judging you, you know, over what it is that you're yeah. doing. And that's, that's huge. And, and learning how to just go over parts and be meticulous about it uh, and really, you know, put the effort in, you know, to make it worthwhile to, to really get something out of it and be productive with it. Yeah, I think one of the big, well, besides uh, rhythm and tempo, um, which, you know, like I can still hear the uh, the the cowbell counting time on yeah. everything oh, I yeah. do. Um, but um, I think one of the big things was um, breaking songs into sections because I always was just like, all right, we just play the song from start to finish. But like, break, you know, breaking like, let's just work on this part right here or let's just work on that part right there. You know, now, yeah. mind you, I have... Yeah. I haven't done that in 50 million years, but, <laughs> but, but the concept I still do it all the time. I'm, sh all I'm the sure. Time. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially with the, you know, we'll get to it a little later, but the, the music you guys are writing um, with the different movements and stuff and the different, the different arcs to it. Like I can obviously understand that you would have to break that into pieces and kind of, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, just to learn it, you know, technology is hugely important. Um, with, with the learning process these days, you know, there's stuff that if there's a, a section and it might not even be one of our songs, just like a song that I'm learning, um, you can take it and you can, you can cut that section out and you can loop it, yeah. you know, like where was that 25 years ago? And you can slow it down and keep the pitch the same, you know, so you can sit there and really like, just learn it, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it, it's amazing. Um, you know, the tools that are available today. How much do you, I mean, clearly uh, you just said a lot, but like uh, how much do you use uh, technology in playing drums nowadays? You know, not just learning things, but just, you know, incomplete. Um, a lot, a lot, uh, especially since COVID. Um, there's, you know, so uh, to, to bring, you know this, but, you know, people watching don't. Uh, so the band that I play in now is Tribe of Names. Um, we were formerly Valdez, became Tribe of Names after uh, losing a keyboard player. You know, we didn't lose him. It's not like, you know, we were like, holy shit, where did he go? Uh, but, you know, so people come in and out of bands sometimes. Um, you know that just as well as anybody else does. Uh, so after after losing the keyboardist, it was, you know, his, his name that he had brought to the band uh, for Valdez. So without him, you know, we're like, all right, well, it's time for a name change. We've got a new guitarist that had come in. Uh, so our sonic um, palette changed. So we figured it was best to change our names. Um, and with COVID and everything kind of being balled together, um, we needed to kind of adopt technology because we needed, you know, you can't play gigs. So you have to incorporate technology at home to be able to do this, you know, zoom meetings, um, live streaming, stuff like that. Um, now in terms of losing the keyboard player, I started using, um, we started using backing tracks, um, which is something I'd never done before. Um, nobody in the band had. So, what it entails is, you know, you've got to import this stuff into a sampling pad and you've got synthesizers and keyboard tracks that 
are playing that the band plays along with. So it might just be Taurus pedals, you know, just like bass swells in the background, stuff like that. Uh, but it has to be in time, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to play to a click track. Uh, so I've got a click track in my ears. All the band is using in your monitors now. So, you know, there's more technology. Um, yeah. And it all has to line up. So, yeah, I mean, now I'm using more tech, tech in music than I ever have before. And it's awesome because I'm learning a lot. You know, it's like yeah. we said before, just never stop learning and there's always something new. And yes, a lot of technology. So when you use your, when you're using those pads and stuff like that, uh, none of them are triggers, right? You're essentially just playing to the track. Uh, well, not the track, but to that part and the clip, um, right? Or not or entirely both. Yeah, it is. It's definitely both. Um, there's uh, one song that, that we do. It's called They Live to Cry. Uh, there's a, a middle eight section where there's um, some old like 19, like 30s kind of like mobster-esque uh, sound bites. You know, and those are those are triggered live. Okay. So while the backing track is playing, um, you know, I'm interjecting those off of the sampling pad. So they come through um, and there are, I do have, um, I keep a trigger on my bass drum, which is really cool because what it, what it does is I hit the one pad on the sampling pad and it's a cymbal swell, right? So it's, yeah. it builds up, but you know, you need it to end at a certain point. So if there's a, a break in the song where everybody stops, you need that cymbal swell to stop when everybody comes back in playing. So what I did was I queued up the, the, trigger on the bass drum to the cymbal swell so that it shuts the cymbal swell off. Okay. Like a kill switch almost. Yeah. It, exactly. Like a kill switch, which is crazy, you know, to, yeah. to figure out how to, how to do all that stuff. That's wild. Uh, so the, the cymbal swell, like uh, you couldn't do that with one of the 32 cymbals that you have on your set currently, or I'm just, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I could, if you're going to draw me out like that. <laughs> yeah, I could. I just, you know, one of the 30 or 40 that are surrounding you at all times, I just thought maybe one of those yeah. could do it. But, yeah. You know, yeah. No. yeah. No. Okay. So <laughs> I'm so, not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm a symbolic, you know. I just just to let everybody know, I've, I've for decades now have busted Scott's balls about the number of uh, drums and cymbals uh, and just a, uh, random equipment. And I'm like, how about just like a snare and a, and a kick drum? And, and maybe you get a floor time and a hat, you know, but uh, yeah. But then I'm like, no, I, but I got a tambourine, too. Here's the tambourine. I got to have the tambourine in there. <laughs> Well, we don't even use a tambourine. I know, but I'm just going to put it over here in case I need just it. Just to need it. And then, like, you know, you'll sit there and play, and you'll just hear, shh. <laughs> it's like, ah, see? Yeah, what? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use it. But, you know, it's funny because it, it, it did start uh, that, that first, like, real drum set uh, that I had. It was, uh, I had bought um, that bass drum I had referenced earlier, but then I had found, uh, what was her name? Christine, Christina, Christine, um, rode the bus with us back in junior high. Oh, uh, her brother, Christine Casella. Thank you. Um, her brother was a drummer. Just... <laughs> Hi. Um, thanks for the drums. Um, her brother had a drum set and was selling them and it was like, seven toms uh, you you remember that set i do remember uh, that. you know it was like 8 10 12 13 15 16 18 like it was like the neil pert thing you know just a, a huge expansive drum set and then i had like three or four cymbals that's right so i've i've gone the opposite way 
yeah. but that's my twist. You know what I mean? Like I, I find that that's where, that's where all the good sounds are. In um, the symbols. In the, in the cymbals, uh, all the good sounds are in there. You know, you've got so many, so many pitches and timbers and stuff like that, that, you know, like, yeah, you can thud the drums all day, but you know, that's, it's really, um, I love matching melody with, with cymbals. Dude, I respect it. I just like to bust your balls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I said um, I'm not ashamed, but I am a little bit ashamed because yeah, yeah, I defended. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, but, but you don't know. You, you don't know. Someday I might need that one. Um, yeah. So, you know, we um, we played a bunch in high school, played. Um, uh, we started mm-hmm. writing. Um, you know, we wrote the greatest rock song ever written, uh, Chicken Cutlets, performed yeah, that yeah. at the uh, high school um, talent show and uh, yep. did not win. Uh, we were robbed. It was uh, fixed. The fix was in. <laughs> Nate, um, Nate, Nate. Look, yeah. look, look at the screen here. Look at the screen. Yeah. We, we were robbed. We, we, were. we, we were robbed. <laughs> um, I will find a copy of that and I will put it up. And because uh, uh, Joe gave me all the old VHS tapes, I have them. They're sitting right here at, at my feet. Um, if I remember to- correctly, if I remember correctly, the audio that came out of that was just. Yeah, we played a little loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little loud. Um, so then you went to Kutztown, uh, yeah. correct? Uh, for, yeah. for art? Yeah. Yeah. I went for, uh, communication design, fancy, fancy art. Right. Uh, I had hoped to, to be an illustrator, uh, you know, like advertising, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, digital, digital art was, you know, really starting to, to get big. So, uh, I thought that was, was going to be my future. Uh, but it turns out that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> Is that true though? Um, because like, I've always thought you were an incredible artist. So like, okay. um, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm essentially filleting you this entire night. So I hope you at least give me the goddamn common courtesy of a reach around, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I just, <I'm- laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, uh, so uh you just you know uh stopped doing it i don't know like what what, what happened to art that's i guess yeah, what i'm getting at that's that's a great question i don't know it's like one of those things um did you ever hear uh are you familiar with um he's an underground uh a rapper i can't underground what's underground anymore right independent is probably the better way to describe him aesop rock you ever listen yeah. to him yeah uh he's he's got this one great track uh from the album impossible kid it's called lot of years okay where it like when i hear that song i'm like oh my gosh like was he watching me when he wrote this because he talks about like learning like how to do all this stuff like learning what you know how to foreshorten an arm properly and like the 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 magical moments of realizing like how to do these things and like become an artist and then you just put it away for a little bit you know and and one week becomes a month and a month becomes a year, you know? And then before you know it, like you look back and you're like, I, I used to do this. I don't do this anymore. Um, after, uh, after I left school, I didn't graduate from Kutztown. Um, and I think, you know, maybe not to say that, uh, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Uh, but there was definitely an element of being a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond and then getting into that, um, that realm where everybody is incredible, you know, um, it was, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, and I, I really did think I was getting good, uh, but just not as, uh, good as I thought I should have been. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do. 
I hear you. Like, uh, I know my own stuff uh, going to school, like, um, is somewhat um, a little different in that, um, like, so I went to for TV and I went to the mm-hmm. TV station and I was like, I know so much more than everyone else here. And I'm like training people classmates and stuff like that how to do things but um i lacked uh, this certain thing called discipline and drive and um <laughs> and everybody like took everything that like i knew and then like three years later we're like getting jobs doing these things and i'm like that guy sucks why is he getting a job and they're like well he busted his ass and he, he did the work and i was like oh right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But I know, but I, t- I totally get it. Like, I, I understand, like, the idea of, like, this is something that was a major focus in my life. And then, like, one day I'm like, eh, I'll get back to it. And then you just never find it again, you know, or, yeah. or you do. And you, you're like, oh, that's right. I love doing this. That's weird. You know, this is kind of an extension of that, like, uh, doing some for- form of video kind of thing where I'm just like, oh, right. I do yeah. like putting, <laughs> putting on these kind of things. And- yeah, you, you brought it around full circle. That's right. Um, That's right. You know, and, and one day, you know, I, I hope to, you know, get back to art, you know, not now life is crazy. You know, there's, there's work and music and life, um, you know, in retirement, you know, maybe I'll, I'll pick it back up again. Uh, but yeah. the constant is music. You know what I mean? Like that, that definitely when, when music started really taking over, um, there's not room for both. I don't think, you know, with, there's yeah. only so many hours in a day. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to it eventually, but, uh, music's way more important to me now than, than art I think ever was. Yeah. Well, I mean, Scott, you know, music is art. So I mean, it's like, music is art. Music yes. Is yes. Art. I, I can't discredit that, but the visual art is compared to the, uh, audio arts. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you, when you're in Kutztown, um, you, um, become a member of Rocky development. How did that come yeah. about? Did you guys, um, did you join that or was that, was that an existing thing or did you guys like, kind of like, let's just kick it off? Uh, three out of the four guys knew each other, um, and, and played and they had brought me in, um, great players, really great players. Um, they, um, they had brought me in and, you know, we played a couple songs. I think we might've, you know, pulled off three or four gigs. Um, you know, it, it's college stuff, you know, you play a bar. Oh my God, we got a spot at a bar. You know, let's, let's go do that. Yeah. Um, and it was very, um, I, I was punching, punching above my weight class with those guys, I think, um, which helped, you know, I, I think that's always <clears throat> important for people to do, you know, go to go out of your depth. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. that, that saying that, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You know, that I think that applies to music too. You know, if you surround yourself with better musicians than you are, you're going to get better. You're going to be better. You'll you'd sink or swim, you know, it, it, you got to, you know, step into it and, and just rise up to it. That's uh, right. And <clears throat> I think I did with those guys. I mean, they, they were listening, you know, to Bela Fleck, um, you know, that sort of stuff. It was kind of hippie-ish. Um, but it, it, it pushed me, you know, not just playing, you know, like plush, you know, we're playing more yeah. intricate stuff. Um, and, and it did very well for me to do that. Um, yeah. and it didn't last long. We recorded, uh, recorded like two EPs, um, some songs in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Do you, um, do you still have those, uh, those EPs? 
I do. I have them. I have them loaded up in my iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, I literally just found that disc too. Uh, <laughs> it's actually you're just sitting right over here. Um, nice. But no, you like that stuff was great. Like I, you guys should probably like uh, have a quick conversation and throw it up on Bandcamp or something like that. Like you know, let people uh, hear it. You know. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad idea. I know um, I'm still uh, uh, Facebook friends, you know, whatever that's worth, uh, with the guitarist, Brian, um, who's still playing. He's he's still doing his thing. He, uh, he has a band. He I think he's working for like the SEC. Like Brian was like super smart, man. Like like you hang around Brian, like you're going to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and he is playing with a group now. I can't remember the name. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I should know it. Um, I, I didn't do very good prep, but it's great stuff. Uh, really great stuff. So it's awesome to see that he's still, still out there, you know, that's cool. making you. Yeah. Yeah. Super absolutely. So then you come home. Um, we play at Tex-Mex a bunch and then somehow. A lot. Well, yeah, I guess that was a few times, once or twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we but no we played yeah we played at Tex-Mex a lot and um but through that and through like um kind of starting the open mic night there and stuff like that you meet Matt mm -hmm. Chiquetti and then uh Stone Jack Ballers happens like how, yeah. how how did your involvement start with that uh, uh yeah it wasn't even the open mic night it wasn't an open mic night that um started uh with me getting me into the Stone Jack Ballers it was a random Saturday night just uh, hanging out at Tex-Mex, you know, because he didn't, you know, play there enough or hang out there enough. But uh, the band uh, Cree was playing. Do you remember them? I do remember them, they, yeah. They were like an acoustic duo, you know, and I, I very much back in the day, you know, like there were parallels between you and I and, and Cree. They, you know, had light rigs and wore a wig and stuff. But yeah. um, it, was, it was the percussion. It was congas and bongos, you know, some cymbals, a little bass drum uh, and guitars. Um, and they were taking a break and they said, you know, we're, we're taking a break. Uh, we're going to bring a friend up. Uh, anybody in here play drums? Yeah, I play. So, uh, I ended up going up and, um, there was Matt that they had brought up to, to play over, uh, their break. And it was his birthday. He was out celebrating his birthday and, um, we just gelled. We played like three or four songs and it, it just snapped and, um, he was out with, um, with the then bassist of, uh, of the band. And, you know, afterwards, like, oh, that was really awesome, really cool. And they said, what are you doing tomorrow? Well, it's Sunday. I'm probably going to be nursing a hangover. What's up? And they're like, well, we're recording um, at this guy's house. You know, you want to come and, and record a little bit? And I was like, uh, sure, why not? You know, I don't know what songs we're going to play. Uh, what we're going to do, but sure, man, let's do it. So we went in and, you know, recorded three or four songs um, and, you know, hung out. It was, it was a lot of, uh, you know, getting to know you kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's how I, you know, got into the ballers. And then Tommy was brought in shortly after that. Um, and by then, you know, we were a full force band, you know, yeah. um, and that was, that was definitely, um, that was the part of, of the development of, of my musical career where everything kind of came together. Uh, you know, like the, the rehearsing, like the songwriting, um, having an ear and, and having creative input, uh, all of those things kind of gelled in that band. And, you know, it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, we were loud, uh, and, and the arc that that band took, you know, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to to sit back and and just 
create these songs uh, was a, a ton of fun. And, you know, it was just a great band. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, I played bass for the Ballers for like a week. Uh, <laughs> you did. You did. Yes, you did. You came, you came in. Yeah, you yeah, came yeah. in. I do remember that. I do. Rem I remember um, sitting with Matt one night and he was like, you know, if you do this, I'm going to need 100% of your time. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to have to then decline because I can't yeah. give you 100%. I got my own crazy uh, thing going on. Yeah. I should have just stayed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's when, you know, we, we thought, you know, we were going to take over the world. Uh, which, you know, every every band thinks at some point, you know, that's going to happen. I don't know. Um, I think you guys had a really good chance. I mean, you you had really great songs. You know, the first demo yeah. or the first album had um, a wider range of songs. And then, like, by the yeah. time you guys hit the second album, you know, and Walsh came in and started playing bass, um, you guys really, like, found your thing, like, found your sound. And, I like, I, I, I you know... I know life gets in the way of things and, you know, personalities sure. clash at times and whatnot, but like, um, you, you know, you guys had a great thing and, uh, we did, we did have a great thing. And, uh, you know, like going, going back to the, the arc of that band, you're, you know, you're right. The, uh, like the first stuff was, was a lot of Matt's input. Uh, Matt had, you know, a heavy, heavier hand in the songwriting. Um, and by the second album, you know, we had Walsh, um, was great because he was like a lead bassist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like fundamentally he's a guitarist, not really anymore, but, um, and then Tommy had, had really had his voice. So he and Matt were writing really well together along with Mike. Uh, and, and we did, we found a sound that was uniquely ours. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. And, you know, we had opportunities, we had good opportunities, uh, played really awesome shows. Um, great stuff. You know, I got to play at the truck. Like that was huge, huge, you know, going, that's where we used to go see bands in high school all the time. Yeah, man. You know? I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in the green room at the truck. Like, does it get any better than this? This place is disgusting. You know, like, get me out of here. <laughs> um, all of, all of that. Um, so, you know, we had, we had our shot and, you know, we, I think, you know, not we made waves or anything like that, but you know, we put it down. Yeah put it down 100% 100% I know you guys um were kind of got together for a little bit um to record some of what would have been the third album right is that what it was um yeah yeah whatever happened to that material because I know you were you recorded most of it right we, you laid we, we tracked it um we tracked it all uh and that was a that was a tough process uh there were conflicting schedules uh to make that happen so we ended up uh we recorded it at catapult um in north wales uh brett of of Echolin, uh engineered the album and the way it was recorded was um i had set up the drums we were supposed to with the I, the plan was we're going to track it together you know go in cut it live uh, we rehearsed the songs we played those songs so many times before um so we you know just kind of knocked the dust off them and went all right let's go in and record them and it really wasn't to to make it the caliber that uh quarter moon was like quarter moon we slaved over i mean there were hours upon hours of mixing and you know doing all this stuff we we're just gonna go in cut it live mix it down let the people have it um which is probably the best way to do it you know when you start overworking stuff you know you you kind of you, you wreck the the dough you take all the magic out of it yeah you do uh you can um, right so 
uh, schedules had had clashed, and we ended up tracking that the songs uh, with me playing them just on the drums, and Tommy was uh, like singing along to them and like playing guitar loosely behind them, <laughs> and it was just a train wreck. Uh, but we we ended up getting them recorded, and and they sounded pretty good. Um, they were I don't even think they were ever mixed. Um, things fell apart with the band um, and they just got left in the can. I still have like unmixed versions of them, but it's tough to listen to unmixed stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's right. You know, you're like, it, it's just, everything's out of whack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the cymbals are down in the mix. The drums are up. The guitar is like over here and it's like a half a solo over here. Uh, so it, it's really skeletal. Um, I still have them, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll throw them on and, and play to them. And I got to tell you, like the, the years have not been kind, like to what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, isn't nearly as aggressive as the ballers were stone Jack ballers. Um, not that that was super aggressive, but it was more aggressive. And that was, you know, in our late twenties. Um, and I'll put these songs on, I'll play through five songs and I am just whooped. Yeah. I'm whooped. I'm out of breath. I'm sweating. I'm like, Oh my God, how did we do this? Like we would go, we would go out there and, you know, and play three hour long sets, you know, balls to the walls. And then, you know, wake up the next day and all right, go to work. You know, I play through five songs you know, in the, in the rehearsal room and, and I'm shot, I'm shot. It's crazy. Yeah. It it's sucks crazy. getting old, man. It does. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the album, we, you know, we had a cool concept for it, uh, for that, for that last one, we were going to call it, uh, uh, patient zero, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, kind of not prophetic, not with, uh, COVID or anything like that. Um, but it's a shame that we never got to, to get it out to the people. We had some friends come in and do some gang vocals, uh, is a nice nod to the people that always came out to see us. Um, it would have been cool to get it out to them. So that's a bummer. That is a bummer. That is yeah. a bummer. So then yeah. following, um, well, I guess, would it have been, and maybe it was a little bit uh, before that third uh, album recording or whatnot, but uh, you moved to Florida and then yeah. like, um, did you just like musically take a break? Like what? No. Were you- what were you no, doing down no, there? No, no, I, I played with a group down in Florida uh, called Dead End River. Okay. Um, very, um, very toolish. Like you know, I love tool. Like that's yeah. my twist. Um, very toolish, uh, kind of mastodonish, um, heavy stuff, but melodic, uh, slow and grindy and churny, kind of stuff. Um, and it was cool. It was cool. Uh, we never, I actually never, they ended up playing a gig maybe a couple like months after I had left and moved back. Um, but we never got to play a gig, which was a disappointment, but you know, that's some hella jamming. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So it was, it was nice to be able to, to step in and, and get to do that anyway, you know, meet some people and just play some music. Yeah. So, um, how, so I guess, then next band wise comes the formation of Valdez. Were you in the beginning of this or no, no, you're, you're skipping over. Um, Uh-oh, what did I forget? Yeah, God, I'm a terrible one... friend. No, you're not. No, you're not. There's a uh, one you're missing black river commoner. Oh my God. I forgot all about that. Yeah. That, Remember them? Yeah, That's, yeah. I lived in, I lived in red Hill uh, and played with those guys. Um, we recorded one record. Uh, we did it ourselves, you know, made the artwork ourselves, did all that. Um, I put it out there. Um, we were real, 
we were really good. Uh, it, it wasn't a good band. There were good players in there. But yeah. like every show we played, we, we probably played uh, maybe like two dozen shows, maybe if I'm being generous. Um, and it seemed like every time we played, there would be more people in the beginning than there were at the end. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Like, and it was like, well, what's happening? This just isn't right. There's something, there's something, something's off here. Um, but Chris, the, uh, the guitarist from that band, phenomenal. He went on to, to do some other stuff with, um, like King Bison. Like he's a, he's a doom guy. Um, like very, uh, like kind of clutchy ZZ, not ZZ top, but you know what I mean? Like clutchy yeah. ZZ top. If you mix that and then like drop the BPMs by like 25, like that's where he's at. Right. Um, yeah. hell of a guitarist, hell of a guitarist. Um, he's still doing it. So that, it's good to see that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was black river commoner. So I forgot all about that. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. I forgot all about that. That, that was a great band. That was good. like, <laughs> no, I dug, like I dug it. Like it was definitely the kind of shit that I wanted to like go out and see, like just to, you know, eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah that, well, <laughs> it, was, it was the kind of music that like <clears throat> you were drinking shots to, Yes, and that's like, exactly what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, you, you listen to that when like you want to get in a fight. You know what I mean? Like, y when you want to get in a fight and lose. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every fight I get in. So that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's shit. awesome. Yeah, I forgot all <laughs> yeah, about so, that. God damn, they so that was good. that was Black River Commoner. Um, and then you know that that leads into uh, into Valdez. Um, so you get so, the yeah. meeting from your uncle? Is that how that comes through? Or or was it yeah. working, working with Brett um, on that baller stuff? Or was it... Uh, you know, um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I know it was it was Greg, my uncle, if you're watching. Hi, Greg. Hey, Greg. Um, I, I know I thanked him in the Tribe of Names little introduction video that we had made, but I'll, I'll thank you again. Thank you. Um, so he had... Uh, Valdez was looking for a drummer. And um, Greg, of course, you know, is he's lifelong friends with Brett from Echolin, uh, knows Tom, who is in Valdez, uh, and said, you know, my nephew plays. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah. And I had met Tom once or twice at different functions before. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. Um, yeah, okay. So we'll bring him in and, and give him an audition. Um, so they did. Uh, and it was funny because that was uh, my audition was on my birthday, and I, I thought it was hysterical. I'm like, oh, this is kind of kind of cool, um, but it was also extremely nerve wracking because um, you know Echolin from from oh, growing right. up. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they were their album from 1992, "As the World," is like still one of my favorite albums, like all time, like if you're watching this like and you haven't heard of echo lind uh get as the world go on whatever platform that you use and and listen to it um, one of the greatest so, intros to an album ever of all time period yeah. stop like it is fucking great yeah uh and they were you know for my eyes anyway you know like they were the local guys that that were going to make it you know like they were they were going to be huge um, you know, they had to deal with Sony, you know, they were opening shows for dream theater, you know, and it's like crazy. Um, plus just the love that I had for their music. And, you know, now I get an audition and it's, you know, the bassist from Echolin and I'm like, Oh my, like, this is heavy. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I, I do not know. 
Um, and again, you know, it, it goes to, to punching above your, your weight, um, punching up. Um, the, the singer, Simon, um, he's from uh, Tiny Fish. He's, you know, of course, you know, people watching might not. Um, he moved to the United States from England. Um, where he had had, you know, a really successful career with uh, a band called Tiny Fish over, over the pond and had done some stuff in the U.S. with them as well. Um, and they're signed previously. And when I auditioned with uh, Bad Elephant Music out of England, they uh, are a progressive rock label. Uh, so knowing all these things going into this audition, I'm like, oh, my God, like this is insane. Um, I'm just going to go do the best I can. You know, uh, yeah. I had three songs that, that I was able to, to learn. And, um, after the audition, they went, you're the guy. If, if you want it, That's you're awesome. the guy. And I was like, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to me. Uh, you know, I got out and did like the, the Fred Flintstone heel kick and, um, and, and that's, you know, that's history. Uh, and that was awesome. Really, really cool. Really cool to, to be a part of that bit. That's amazing. So that first album, um, are you immediately then thrown to the wolves and it's like, all right, we're doing this here. Here's all these songs. Or were you a part of kind of crafting those songs from that first album that you played on? There? No, those songs were, those songs were, were created. Um, oh. And it was kind of catching up and, and learning those songs uh, yeah. to be able to be able to record them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that album comes out and that's called this, correct? This. Uh, yes. 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 I, you know, it takes a, it takes some stones to, to name an album this and not follow it up with that. Um, but that's, that's where, that's where we juked, you know, yeah. you got to leave them wanting more. You got to take a different direction that's right it's a supreme zag right there you took the supreme yeah. zag um but you know so i listened to that album again um listening to or um uh prepping for this kind of getting my juices ready um i also mm -hmm. listened to a lot of ballers i listened to some of our old stuff i listened to a cool. little bit of rocky day um and i didn't listen to black river commoner and i'm so mad about that but anyway uh so uh but listening to valdez like to me it kind of is like the perfect like culmination of everything you've built your playing towards like it really feels like everything was leading to this no, no pun intended yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> do you agree or am i just uh punting? no i i absolutely agree um it's certainly the most musical um album that i've ever ever played on um the most musical songs i mean there's piano and there's keys um and it, it you know it, it runs kind of the gamut of of song styles you know a lot like the uh the early baller stuff did where there's there's some kind of swing kind of bluesy stuff um that like r&b-ish um like gospel-ish stuff there's progressive rock there's some spots that are heavy um and and there's a lot of spots that you know you don't play at all, um, but it, it really was, it, it is a culmination and, and, and that's a hard thing. We talk about it in the band all the time um, that it's easy to play all the notes. One of the hardest things to do is to not play. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you gotta, you gotta pack the song full of, of just notes and playing and here's a part, ah, I'm going to play this part and everybody's playing and we're all, we're all doing this it doesn't have to be like that you know like yeah pull back you know create room in the song make it 
make it breathe. And, you know, it's, it's a parallel that, that I have with visual art, you know, to kind of tie the two together. Um, it's not always about what it is that, that you've drawn or painted. It's also the negative space, you know, and those negative spaces need to be just as interesting as the drawing or the painting that, that you've created. And it applies to music, you know, it really does. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, that was a, a great album. Again, that was another album that was engineered by Brett, um, from Echolin at catapult. Um, and it, it came out uh, phenomenally well. I'm super proud of that album. Uh, yeah. It's the first, first thing I ever recorded that was released on, on a label. <laughs> yeah. For Brian um, and that was, that was awesome. It's huge, you know? Yeah. Uh, reviews were great. And you started playing, you guys started playing like really great shows, really great, like, uh, you know, uh, prog festivals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's, what's that experience been like playing, you know, for people who actually want to hear like really good, <laughs> dense prog music. Like it's nerve wracking, man. It's nerve wracking. Um, they're great. Like these, the, the, the prog community, um, they they love it um they love Prague. they love music and it's it can be intimidating to play for them um because they are acutely aware of everything that you're doing you know what i mean like you walk off stage and, and they're talking about you know like a a song that you know you had played and they're like wow you know um the the middle section in there you know there were there were six bars that it felt like you know if you guys would just swing it from instead of like a 20% swing on the eighth note, if maybe, you know, you just kind of swung it, maybe like 35, 40%, it would, you know, change the feel of it. <laughs> you know, they're like when you were playing uh, the, the, the halftime section, um, the, the guitarist, he was doing like an ionic scale and the bassist was doing this. And, you know, if you would use some implied tom time modulation, you know, you could, you could really just like blow everybody's mind. And you're like, can you just enjoy the song? <laughs> yeah. But it, it's great. You know, again, it, it's all about punching up um, and, and kind of uh, stepping into waters that you're not comfortable with uh, to learn more. And I have, I mean, I've learned so much more yeah. uh, from playing these guys that, that I could never even begin to express like how much it's crazy. Uh, but it, it's, it's fun to play for that crowd. The, uh, for some reason that just, uh, made me think of the butt headline, uh, the angle of the dangle is inadvertently perpendicular to the heat of the beat. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. It's true. I, it's I true. It's, it's so true. Um, no, we did, uh, we got to play. There was, there's like a, a handful of, of shows that, that I've played, uh, that, that just like really are scorched into my, my memory. One of them is of course the, the Trocadero with the stone Jack ballers. Um, and another one was, uh, the Roz fest that Valdez played the Rite of spring festival. Uh, it's a progressive festival that used to be held out in, uh, Gettysburg and they last year moved to Florida. We played the last year that, uh, they were in Pennsylvania <clears throat> and it was incredible. I mean, like it's one of those things like you, tell them uh, they supply the back line. You know, I had brought my cymbals, but they're like, what size drums do you play? And, you know, I gave them, and they had those drums like on stage waiting. It was just amazing. Wow. Just a great, 
just a great sound check. Um, you know, like you walk in and they, they give you like little towels and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I got a towel. They gave dude a towel. Like I can wipe my face off like this. I'm keeping this. I'm, I'm keeping my Rosbest towel. Uh, and I still have it. Uh, <laughs> Good. But it was amazing. You know, these, these rooms, you know, it was, um, you play bar show and bar show and bar show. And then all of a sudden you're playing shows that are ticketed, you know, where like, Oh my God, there's a, like there's seats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's rows of seats and people are sitting in them, you know, and I, I'm, I'm playing music for these people. Like that's, it's totally different. You know, I'm used to playing in bars. Uh, so it's, it's a, a total shift. That's awesome. Yeah, um, it is. So, uh, you guys, were you wor working on the follow-up when you lost your keyboard player or, um, yes. did he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, um, we had it, um, the album and it's, it's, uh, set to, to release in 2021. Um, the label did not want to put it out, um, during COVID. Um, but it's recorded, uh, it's in the can, which is great. Um, we had the songs, nailed down and then we lost uh then we lost joe okay so which you know with with covid and everything it gives you time and now that the, the date has been pushed back to 2021 you know we've got time to kind of restructure some things and revisit some things and yeah. you know you have to be careful like we talked to about before you know muddying with it or too much playing yeah. with it too much <clears throat> so um so in that process, how was, you know, as someone who auditioned for this band, how was it going out and looking for uh, someone to fill that role, you know, and bringing in, you know, the, another guitar player? Like, uh, did you get to be there for any of the decision making on like, I like them. Let's, let's, you're our guy. Yeah. Did, yeah. You got to, um, you got to hand the, hand the baton, uh, you know? Like, yes. The, uh, <laughs> well, the, the keyboardist was, um, was still in the band when the guitarist came in. Carl. Oh, Okay. When Carl joined. So that was all, you know, part of the thing we were going to, to bring Carl in and add, you know, to the, to the sound. Um, so that's, you know, that's how that kind of lined up. Um, and it was a, a more in the beginning, it was more of a, a keyboard uh, focused album. Um, but since losing the keyboards, you know, now you have to fill that space. So we kind of have to restructure some things and make the guitars more prominent. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was really cool to be there and and to not be the new guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, Get me water, new guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but dude, I like I. You've seen a couple of the videos. Uh, Carl's just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, he's super he's sick. Super sick. Like I, I never thought. You know, I've I've been just blessed uh, over my lifetime with being able to play with just outstanding musicians and, and, me, like, and me too you're in that group no you're, i'm not <laughs> yes you the hell you are you are you know it but the, the thing is that like this this list like they just keep getting better and better and like I'll, you know like playing with with joe and and keyboards was awesome um i was like oh my god i'm playing with a with a with keys you know like this piano yeah. like this is awesome you know jamming along you know and there's other things that you have to pay attention to uh, when you're doing that percussively, you know what I mean? Um, but Carl's just, he's out of this world. Like there's times where like, we'll be rehearsing and you just got to stop. Like, hold on a second, dude. Are you really doing that? Like that's, <laughs> that's just insane. Like I have to, like, we were, uh, we were 
doing uh, the last recording last week and I had to turn uh, Carl's guitar down in Simon's monitor because like what Carl was playing was so killer that Simon was paying attention to what he was playing <laughs> instead of like, you know, singing and, and playing. He's like, you just got to turn it down because it's too awesome. I, I, I'm focusing on it too much. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, he's, he's incredible, but he's also now <laughs> the new guy. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys become Tribe of Names and then, yeah. um, you know, the world uh, shits the bed. Um, yeah. Kind of uh, walk people through like how you guys have been handling uh, the <laughs> pandemic and uh, kind of continuing, you know, to work on the album. Um uh, uh, you know a bit but also putting together um this youtube channel that you guys have now which is fucking awesome well thank you thank you yeah it's um it's a lot of work man um but it's a total shift you know before covid it was um all right well let's let's get this album recorded let's get it pressed let's get it out and then we'll play shows and support it um and that'll be great and then like you said the world shit the bed um, live shows just don't happen anymore. Uh, so you got to be flexible. Um, and I think we've done a really good job. And one of the, the first things that we kind of decided that we had to do was, well, if we're, if we're going to record, we, we record and rehearse here, uh, at the house. Um, you kind of have to upgrade some tech to do it. You know what I mean? Like you can't record, live drums and live guitars and vocals. Like there's no way you're going to pick up vocals. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, you know, we put a, a, one of those plexiglass shields around the drums. Um, and there's a, a cool little, little drum device. It's a, like a, a microphone effects thing that Yamaha makes. It's called an EAD 10 that I have for the drums. Um, and it, it picks up the, it's got condenser mics, picks up the drum sounds, um, gives them some reverb. Um, really, really cool piece of kit. Um, that is cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it takes like, you know, overheads, miking everything individually. You don't have to do that. You just clip this little thing onto your bass drum and you got a little module and you can kind of go, it, it's got all these cool presets and it's, it's great. Right. So we use that, um, put the shield around the drums. Um, we picked up a mixer, you know, we got to have a mixer because everybody's got to be, in ears guitars no longer go to amplifiers now they go right to the mixing board so you need to be able to hear it so you know you're running everything out of the mixing board everybody's in ears um and our focus was you know if you can't play shows we, we let's still be productive let's find a way to be productive i think there's <clears throat> a lot of bands that just aren't doing anything um you know I'm speaking mostly major bands, uh, but like there's, there's so many bands out there. You just don't hear from them. Like it's just all that stuff is, it's just disappeared. Um, so we, we figured, you know, let's get ahead of the curve um, and, and get out there and start putting our stuff out there. So let's do it. Let's get creative and start making some videos. You know, we've got time, you know, we're not going to be playing shows. Yeah. So, so we might as well. And as fate would have it, as luck would have it, you know, there's, there were two, um, streaming festivals that we were able to be a part of and that helps you know those those kind of things but when those opportunities come up since we've been doing videos and playing in this new way that we've been playing um we're able to do it you know like yeah. you, you just, instead of you just take the sound out of the mixer and send the camera feed into it and boom you know you're streaming it's not that easy but but for all intents and purposes, it's that easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did you just say intensive purposes? 
I said intents and purposes. I have a list, Scott. You know this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, for, for, for intents and purposes, yeah, that's the, that's the gist of it. But, you know, I feel like we, uh, we were smart by doing that because it, it put ourselves um, ahead of everybody. Um, now we're doing this and it, it's easy. I mean, like we, we can turn around, we can record. Um, we just recorded uh, a song on Thursday night uh today's monday and you know the song's been mixed the video's been edited and it's ready to go <laughs> you know so the the turnaround time and we're streamlined you know what i mean so like now we're kind of cooking yeah and able to make it happen and we get to we get to get stuff into people's hands and and on people's screens and people get to see us and hear us and and interact you know and there's a, just a lot of that missing from a lot of bands yeah so, um, you know, one of the other um, glorious things um, that has come out of a bad thing. So another good thing that's come out of the pandemic, besides, you know, you building this um, YouTube uh, studio, essentially, and and being yeah. able to record that stuff is uh, you now play guitar. Um, and well, um, let's 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 not go that far. <laughs> you play guitar. I've seen the videos, sir. You can play. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been lazy lately. I've been lazy lately. I haven't picked it up in like three weeks. Cool. Um, I lost my calluses. No. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. I know. But what's funny is, what's so funny is that, um, you know, dude, I know like uh, seven chords. My, my strength is that like I have rhythm, right? So like that, that gets me by. Um, but like I understand why guitars are so, uh, so anal retentive about keeping their fingernails clipped. Because dear Lord, man, those things get caught on the strings or just like press against your fretboard. And it's nuts. Yeah. That feeling against the fretboard is one of my top 10 least favorite feelings of all time. And like, I've done real damage to myself and that's worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's hella fun. I mean, there's really uh, something special about um, just how good uh, a clean chord sounds you know like when you when you just hit it and it's just you're like oh man it just resonates like in your soul um and i had i had got this guitar uh during covid um it's a decent guitar uh nothing crazy but the person who had it clearly you know hadn't uh taken any care to uh, have it set up and fortunately um carl from tribe of names is uh for all intensive purposes uh a luthier um, so he, you know, he took a look at it and he's like, all right, well, you know, we can lower the action on this thing, uh, get it kind of fixed up, um, and took care of it and got it, got it playing really, really nicely. And that makes a world of a difference. Yeah. He was like, you're, he's like, you're having to press so, so far down on the, on the strings that you're actually making the, uh, making the note sharp because there's so much distance that it has to travel. I was like, oh my God. Um, and then he had tuned it up, uh, not tuned it up, but uh, restrung it for me because I, I can't even restring it. But he restrung it. And I was like, oh my God, that makes a world of difference. Like yeah. new strings and like having it set to where it is, it, it just makes it so much easier. It took but, me maybe four years of guitar playing to realize that 98% of the problems I had playing guitar was because I was playing a shitty guitar. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then like, once I got like a good guitar, I was like, Oh, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why yeah. was I doing this the whole time? It was so much more difficult, but yeah. No, but you cool. know what? That that's part of it though. You know, if you make it harder for yourself in the beginning, you know, it will become it's easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it formulated um, some kind of uh, discipline in, in playing. But um, yeah, now that you're playing guitar, I just want you to know that, look, I'm coming for you too, all right? This, all right. This, you know, like we're going to... What, what do you got? What do you got? You got your pad in front of you? No, I got a snare drum here and I got a set of bongos down here um, just all in right. case. Uh, but yeah. We'll, we'll 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 switch it up. You can play some guitar in front of the band. I'll play the drums and yeah, and I'm I'm with it, man. I'm with it. Like I can't. Um, uh, there's I've maybe like um, ham fisted my way through like a song or two, um, but there's no way that like I'll be able to sing and play. <laughs> like that has escaped me. Uh, I'm still, you know, it, it's just such a different world. You know, your one hand's going this way, you know, and your fingers are all doing all this stuff. I'm used to just like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. bam, bam, you know, just give me something to hit. Uh, but it, it, it's cool, you know, it, it's nice to kind of uh, stretch the stretch the boundaries and, and get yeah. your head in a different space. Well, by uh, next summer at Tex-Mex, um, we're doing a song and you're playing it and I'm playing drums and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm, you call I'm the song it, and we'll do it. We'll do it. I'm with it. Yeah, that's, that'll happen. No problem. Um, are you ready to sit down and take the jauntlet? Oh my God, the jauntlet. <laughs> no, I need a minute. I need a minute. Hold on. Ma! Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. First part, two segments. Uh, the first segment, one hit wonders. Number one, Hagar or Roth? Roth. Yeah. He's Roth. Like, like, right? You know? Hands hands down. I, I, you know, uh, for what he's become, <laughs> like what he is now, it, it, it's tough and it, it sucks to see. Uh, but love him or hate him, the dude was an entertainer. Um, and, and really, really cool stuff. If you listen to those like isolated vocal tracks of his from like, uh, what was, uh, just the Van Halen album. Yeah. You know, where he's like doing running with the devil, like all of his little ad libs in the background. It's gold, man. That guy was something else. And funny thing is, is, um, I had heard that it was like, was it like the late nineties or early two thousands or something like that, that he was like a paramedic, like an EMT yeah. in New York city. Yeah. Legit. Like, Oh like, my God. Like, not like Steven Seagal was a sheriff, like legit yeah. EMT. Yeah. Could you imagine being on a stretcher and they load you into an ambulance and you're like, yeah! <laughs> he tells, no, man. He tells a story, and I, 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 I'm going to completely butcher it, but it's something along the lines of, like, um, they were resuscitating a guy, and like <laughs> they brought him back, and it was like David Lee Roth is sitting over him, and he was like, no, it didn't work. Like, you know, like... <laughs> this can't be real like, yeah yeah i believe that man that that would be a, a total mind f like how do you how do you deal with that how do you deal with it i don't know oh, oh but yeah God. definitely roth uh and you know it's it's funny i don't know how am I, if i'm stretching this segment too far but um, <laughs> we were watching uh it was an eddie money special that was on tv last weekend and it was hosted by sammy hagar so he's like, you know, it's when it's Sammy Hagar, it's Sammy Hagar, you know, he's, he's doing this thing and he's talking about, they brought James Hetfield in to do an any money song and they brought, uh, um, uh, Thoroughgood in to do one. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and he's going on and on. He's like talking to these people as they're doing it. And I'm like, okay, when are they going to get to the music? And they had Eddie money's like sons playing the instruments with Sammy Hagar, like leading. And they're, they're talking to all these people. I'm like, wow, man, I'm going to get to see James Hetfield do and any money song, I think he was going to, I don't remember, but, and they get to the whole thing. It's like an hour long and they show Sammy Hagar playing shaking. 
and then it ends. I'm like, wait, where's the rest of the show? That I'm was like, it. You talked to all these people. I'm like, damn you, Sammy Hagar. Oh, damn you. He needed the stage. He's like, I've been living in David Lee Roth's shadow all these years. Let me fucking just congratulate yeah. Eddie Money. What uh, about Gary Sharon? Why didn't you? Why don't you put him on the list? Look, I, I've said I've said this. Uh, it, it's it's become now a recurring thing in the past two episodes. But um, look, you can you can hit lightning twice all right like you got you got dave you got sammy two wildly different but very successful versions of the band when you went sure. for it the third time no way it's not gonna happen. yeah yeah i agree hey man uh rest in peace eddie man i know it's so that's, sad that's that's tough man that's tough you know being that's a tough. being a tool fan did you ever see that photo of um that uh, Wolfgang, uh, Eddie Van Halen's uh, kid posted, maybe like last year, um, he and Eddie went to a Tool concert and some couple asked Eddie Van Halen, can you take our picture? Not knowing who he was. So Wolfgang took a picture of Eddie Van Halen taking a picture of this couple, not knowing <laughs> that fucking one of the greatest guitar players of all time was the guy <laughs> they just asked to take the photo. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's, but he did it though, right? He did he it. He did. He did. He did it. You know, and that's cool. <laughs> that you know, that you got to feel like a schmuck. Did they ever find out that like they had to because that video that Wolfgang posted went super viral? So like, I'm sure they were like, well, good. "Oh yeah, it I'm deserves done. to." Yeah, it deserves to. Wow. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, David Lee Roth. And uh, I'm going to sidebar again. I had uh, I had worked with a guy, uh, David Cutler Group. I don't know if you remember my tenure with with them. Uh, that home building company. Um, a guy that I had worked with there, uh, Ron Schwoyer. He had fronted um, a Van Halen tribute band uh, called Jamie's Crying. And I, I shit you not, this dude was like David Lee Roth, like reincarnate, like he could do it. And, um, and I, he was like, he was the guy that I reached out to when I, when I heard about uh, Eddie, you know, I, I had to check in with Ron because I knew he would be taking it like seriously hard. And he was relaying a story that um, Eddie had actually seen Jamie's cry and play. And he had said to Ron, he goes, uh, you do David Lee Roth better than David Lee Roth does David Lee Roth. Oh, dude. And, and that's like, that's huge. I mean, like he was out there like doing the karate kicks and stuff like that. Like stick with it. He was really sick. Um, that's amazing. That's yeah, like so, the greatest, like that's all you can ask for. If that's what you're doing. Like if you, it, yeah. Amazing. Right. Right. Amazing. Uh, so, yeah. David Lee Roth. Definitely. Definitely. Roth. <laughs> One hit wonder. Number two, Biggie or Pac. I'm a biggie guy. Yeah. I'm a biggie guy. Uh, I understand uh, everybody, you know, has strong emotions about this. If you have, if you have an emotion about this, it's a strong emotion. Um, I was just never that into Pac. Uh, I feel like Pac is better. Hmm. Um, well, let me, he, socially, like he was socially aware, okay. you know, okay. he's woke. Yeah, um, I, I, I'll, I'll take that. He had his yeah. He had his head wrapped around the fact that what he was saying to people was going to be um, uh, listened to and kind of acted upon, right? Like he was he was trying to to make people better most of the time. Yeah, um, he was he was socially aware of of music that he was creating. The fact that uh, he's an influence and people were looking up to him. Uh, but I think I think big stuff is just 
dope. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he just had, he just had great beats and he was saying, he was saying some crazy stuff. So that's where I, that's where I put my allegiance to in that one. 100%. I think I know the answer to this one and maybe I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, a one hit wonder number three, Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Dude, you know, it's Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah. <I> was- <laughs> it's, it's, it's Pearl Jam. Um, it, it's, it's Pearl Jam. Uh, they lasted, man, you know, um, not like, you know, <laughs> right. Nirvana, yeah, but, um, it just had way more of an impact. Um, you know, losing, losing Kurt sucked. Uh, it sucked for our generation. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people idolized the guy. Uh, he was a, a tortured soul, uh, and that, that came out in the music, um, but Pearl Jam, man, they're just so much more musical. Um, just so good. Uh, you had texted me this week about um, Pearl Jam finally releasing that uh, uh, Unplugged. Unplugged. Yeah. That's such a good show, man. It was so good. Um, and they were that like David Bruzies is one of my favorite drummers. Uh, I haven't really seen anything that he's done ever since, you know, Pearl Jam gave him the boot, but he's my favorite Pearl Jam drummer. Um, and that, that performance from Unplugged is just amazing. I mean, the guy's a powerhouse. Um, definitely Pearl Jam. Yeah. They're still around, you know, I, uh, seen them a couple times. They're amazing live. So good. Um, looking forward to seeing them again when, the world gets back to normal. I mean, yeah. they released an album. They were one of the bands that did something, you know, they released an album during COVID. Um, so yeah, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam all the way. Excellent. Uh, one hit wonder number four, Beatles or Stones? <laughs> I've come a long way with the Stones. Uh, I used to just despise them. Um, just something about them, you know, growing up. It just didn't, just didn't gel with me. Uh, and I was never really a huge Beatles fan either. Um, meeting Matt definitely was a, a huge Beatle influence. Um, you know, I mean, that, that dude could play the Beatles songbook from start to finish. Um, most of it by heart, which is just insane. Um, so that, that taught me a bigger appreciation for the Beatles. Uh, there's still a lot that I'm not even aware of or up to speed with. Um, but they're just so good and <laughs> so good. They did, they were doing stuff that was light years ahead of, uh, of other bands and they just, you know, paved the way, um, for so many bands, the Rolling Stones, I, I dig them. Uh, I feel like, and I'm, I'm probably going to catch flack for this. You know, a lot of, a lot of bands, uh, from the sixties and seventies are guilty of it, but I feel like they just like made a career raping the blues. Okay. Um, <laughs> but respect, right? I mean, yeah. you, you can't have a career as big and as long as theirs without doing something right. Mick Jagger's a hell of an entertainer. Uh, Keith Richards, <laughs> you know, at this point, I'm not even sure he even knows what song he's playing when he's on stage, but he looks cool as hell doing it. Yeah, he uh, does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Beatles, man, Beatles, they're, they're just, they're so good. They're, they're the vibe. They're the jam. Uh, the follow-up to that, uh, who is your favorite Beatle? My favorite Beatle? <clears throat> it's not Ringo. That's so, it, it, that's so sad. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is. 
and I'm not. That's not because I'm not going to trash Ringo. I'm not right. going to take that route. Uh, Ringo was a great drummer. He was perfect for the Beatles. Um, you know, he was he was the right thing for the Beatles. Um, but he's not my favorite Beatle. Uh, I don't know enough about George, really. I mean, he wrote uh, something, and that's like such a beautiful song. You know, when Sinatra tells you that, you know, that's like the greatest love song that's ever been written. Yeah. <laughs> You've done something right. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, like I, I'm not one of those guys that can go through the Beatles. Library and go, that's a Paul song. That's a John song. You know, I no idea. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the fact that, um, that George did uh, was that song from the eighties. I've got my mind set on. Yeah. Love that song. Love that song. Right. Uh, I gotta give it. Uh, it's a toss up between, between John and Paul. I'm going to give it to Paul. I mean, it's, okay. it's a 50, 50 shot, but I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean to Paul. Um, the reason he, I did, said... he did some cool wing stuff and he's still around. So I got to give it to him. Yeah, all right. I respect that. The reason I said it's sad is because like I was thinking about it and everybody makes like a Ringo joke whenever I ask that question. And I, and in my head I was like, you know, here's the only opportunity for maybe Ringo to get the nod. <laughs> <laughs> not from here. No, no. And you no, slagged him. Yeah. Yeah, you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> uh, I'd put I'd put Charlie Watts over over Ringo. Charlie Watts is a human metronome. I completely understand putting him up over. Ringo. And he's and he's insane, insane, like stylistically, like the thing with like when he plays, like I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, I'm sure most people are, but like I can see my hands on the screen, so I'll like do a little demo. Like most beats that you play on the hi hat and the snare, you're playing like cha, dun dun cha, and your hands hit the snare drum and the hi hat at the same time, dun dun like that right but charlie watts doesn't do that he goes dun dun cha dun 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 cha dun dun cha cha he like skips it off and it's like it's kind of like a rolling stone right yeah. like he creates that, that jagged edge um which is insane um so yeah sorry funny, ringo funny um charlie watts um side note um and this is a bit of a bit of a name drop if i may but uh so uh one time uh, i was in a, a conversation uh with a group group of people um but one of those people was quest love and mm -hmm. um someone said um hey um when quest is playing on uh seed 2.0 i feel like he's doing some kind of like john bonham thing and in my head i'm like you have no idea what you're talking about kid <laughs> yeah, and, I said, yeah. and i said you know i always thought um he was trying to channel his inner charlie watts and quest was like that's exactly what i was doing he was like yeah. me on seed 2.0 is me doing my impression of charlie watts so yeah 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 I, I can see you hitting the nail on the head perfectly on that one and you know and to, to add to that i don't think quest love has ever tried to channel bottom never, <laughs> never. <laughs> like that's just not that's not where he's at he's no. he's in a totally different lane yeah uh, uh final, uh, he's a he's pretty good uh yeah pretty good <laughs> he's he's made quite a career out of himself yeah. um final one hit wonder prince or mj Ooh, dude i just watched um i just watched a prince a prince retrospective um last weekend and it was made before his death which i i thought was pretty interesting because um <clears throat> There's a lot of stuff that, you know, you look at differently after, after someone's passed, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know what I mean? You'll look at it with rose colored glasses 
and and kind of forgive some of the the transgressions stylistically. Um, I'm going with Prince. After after seeing that, um, MJ MJ was awesome. Uh, he was great, but he had uh, I think long fizzled out uh, artistically, and Prince was still going um not to mention i mean you just talk about songwriting skills and musical ability mike could dance um and he could he could put on that show but prince man i mean just writing everything and playing everything and doing it with like zero apologies and anybody being able to tell him anything about you know yeah. how it was going to be you know it was prince's way or it was a highway and he played with the sickest tightest band um, always so good. Um, I gotta go with Prince. One hundred uh, percent. I'm right there yeah. with you. I'm right yeah. there with you. Like uh, it, 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 he was, he was astounding. Like he was absolutely yeah. astounding. And, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have the hits that that Michael had. Um, but just the, 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 he was just so good. Yeah, He's just so good. <laughs> um, you know, and watching watching that retrospective of him, it's funny. You know, because. I had no idea that question was even coming and uh, watching it. It's just like, Oh my God, like songs you forget about and there's stuff that you didn't even know about. Um, So many albums that he had released, you know, just like uh, instrumental records um, that, you know, after the next day, it was a Saturday that I watched it. And then Sunday I'd woken up as I'm, you know, getting the morning coffee going. It's Alexa play, excuse me, Alexa play Prince. And just let it go for like five or six hours. And I'm blown away by so much of the stuff that he played. I get yeah. drunk. I'm like, it up, it up. getting all the clipped over Prince. Oh! Scott's then just got, telling on himself that he's got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I can smell, I can taste. Here, here's here's one of my Johns right here. Can you see that? That's, yeah, that's, buddy. Up. that's my John. Rosenberg is representing. Speaking of, here we go. Top 10 countdown. Top 10, number one. What was your first John? What was the first thing you found yourself obsessed with? Musical or anything? Top 10 John, first thing obsessed with. It's got to be drums. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, once once I I got into it, um, it was drums all the time. Uh, and glad, God bless my parents for putting up with that. That's not an easy thing. Um, brother, brother, I think about how loud and bad we were in your basement, <laughs> in your room, all those years. And they yeah. just took it, man. They, I know. Never complained. Never. never. I, there might have been once. It was after like four hours. They were like, all right, enough. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, it's drums. Yeah. Much respect. Uh, number two, uh, what's your current, John? What's something you're into right now? <laughs> you're drawing me out dude you're drawing me out uh i've been uh i've been collecting some star wars legos now this isn't like new john but it's definitely a current john <clears throat> um yeah I, I'm, I'm totally loving um star wars legos right now they're super cool man super cool uh what's your current build what are you working on right now or uh right now uh i just finished uh the moss eisley cantina that was released. Uh, and right now I'm building uh, a Yoda statue. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've got some on the sidelines that, that I'm waiting, you know, you, you can't just, you know, go out and buy something and build it. You have to have stuff to, to build for a rainy day. I understand. But, yeah. Um, for, for those uh, listening and even those watching, you can't you you don't see any of it. But uh, Scott's Lego builds are ridiculous. He's got so many goddamn Star Wars Legos. It's uh, it's a thing. It's definitely his current job. <laughs> like I will back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're in the room that I'm in right now. Um, you know, uh, in in cases. Uh, and there's yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, you do it lot. You do it big. Number three, uh, you answered earlier. First concert was New Kids. Um, New Kids on the Block. Yeah, which is amazing. Oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> I got kicked in the head, dude. When they came on stage, uh, you know, everybody jumps up out of their seats, and I got it was at the Spectrum. I got kicked in the back of the head by the girls <laughs> that were behind us, and <laughs> like the the smell of the room changed. It was like it was different. <laughs> It, it, it was an atmosphere. Yeah, I'm sure. The whole atmosphere. Sure, um, I'm sure it was. <laughs> uh, number four, what was the last concert you went to? Last concert? Um, oh, it was Madonna. Yeah? Madonna was the last concert I went to, yeah. That's cool. That's definitely cool. I don't know if that qualifies as a concert, but yeah, we started. How does how is that my bookend? New Kids and Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> Have just, you seen anything so, in between there? <laughs> there's so much cool stuff in between there. You were there for for a severe majority of those, but like <laughs> New Kids and Madonna, my first and last. Oh, and now hell. with and now with COVID, that might be your very last concert. You don't know. That, that's it. <laughs> That was that was tough, man. Um, I, I don't even know if Madonna it counts as a concert. She performed and she sang. It was weird, though. It was really weird. Yeah, very entertaining, but weird. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, number five. What is uh, your favorite concert you've ever been to? Hmm. Uh, out of all of them, <laughs> it's kind of weird to say. It. We we're uh, we were talking about it the other day. Um, Muse. Oh, really? Muse. Yeah. Um, I know they catch a, a lot of flack for, um, I guess, trying to be a new age queen. You know, they, they've kind of got that thing going on. Um, but just such a great stage show. Um, you know, for, for three guys, they're like a, a power trio. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is having seen Tool and Rush, and I've had my, my doors blown off by all these guys. The first time I saw Neil Peart play a drum solo, I mean, I cried. You know, it was, it was amazing. But this was, like, his so full total package. Um, you know, like the stage animatronics and things building and growing and spinning. And the only dude I've ever seen do a power slide on his knees on the stage. You know, like, I've never seen that before. Um <clears throat> I'll probably change my answer, but like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Muse. Oh, Certainly awesome. the most entertaining and and one of the most impactful because it was just uh, I, I hadn't I haven't seen a band give it like like they did. Yeah. So hate me. Send my send me mail. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put his information so you can mail him about that. No, yeah. no, no it's, a, it's a respectful answer. Uh, number six. Who have you never seen live that you always wish you would have? This person can be living or dead. Mm. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. Uh, it would have been great to be able to see uh, um, 
Nirvana back in the day. That would have been really great. I think we'd even come close to going and like we passed on it. We we're like, ah, we'll go around. We'll come around next time. We'll go see yep. It. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, whoopsies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Zeppelin. Zeppelin is regrettable and then never being having haven't had the chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about the Beatles, that would have been amazing. Um, there's, there's some on the bucket list that, that were, you know, I was able to see like, you know, got to see Elton John. That was huge. Um, Billy Joel. I'd love to see Billy Joel. Haven't seen him. Yeah. There's, there's lots of answers to that. Right. man. Yeah. All right. Number seven, name an unappreciated John. Unappreciated John. Uh, keeping your mouth shut about politics. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, unappreciated John. Hmm. Like one of my Johns? Anything, anything you think should have more shine than it, than it, than it does. Let, let's circle back to that. Let me, let, okay. let's, let's we'll circle back. back. We'll come back. Number eight, favorite album. Favorite album, Rush, twenty one twelve. Yeah, sick, sick. Yeah, yeah, super crazy. Uh, you know, I can put it on and listen to it anytime, all the time, every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number nine, uh, name an artist whose output you will consume anything they release, even if you have to be apologetic for it. Cool. Yeah. 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 Now, do you feel apologetic for any of it? Like, is there any that you're just like, uh, ah, maybe you just don't get it or. Okay. Let me, let me shift. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm in the same lane, but I'm just going to swerve a little, uh, Pucifer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because that stuff, it, it goes all over the place. Uh, and some of it's really out there. Um, that you you do have to be apologetic about it yeah like i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry but it just just like take that with a grain of salt but check this out it, yeah. you know yeah that's i i think the beautiful thing uh to that answer is the um uh poster is literally right behind your head <laughs> <laughs> both of them wait hold on here here's the, the the people of you there's there's the one the moon man <laughs> And then there's the, the other one. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Perfect. That's funny. Perfect. <laughs> um, I'm such a I'm, mark. I'm circling, I'm circling back. Number seven, unappreciated John. Unappreciated John. Dude, I'm still stuck on it. I've even been kind of thinking about it in the back of my head. Um, and I'll walk away and go, oh, yeah, this is what... Dude, you got me. Does this stump people? Uh, every once in a while, it does. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few in here that like occasionally people are like, oh, that is something I gotta. Um, can I give you one? Yeah, two skinny J's. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, they could use more shine. They were great, man. They were really great. But you know what, though, I. I don't think there's room for them in like today's musical landscape. There's not. It's weird too. It's really weird because like, uh, uh, it was just such a, uh, like it to me screams that time period. Like it's just yeah. perfectly. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, they were, they were doing, you know, you look at the contemporaries uh, of, of that time. I mean, you're, you're looking, you're talking about like, you know, three eleven. 
you know, there was that, that new rock. Um, that was when 311 was like hip hop meets rock. Right. You yeah. know, and you got your limp biscuits and you, you know, your, your Lincoln parks and all that stuff. And it's just not that, that music's just not made, uh, anymore. Although maybe it should be. It's coming yeah. back. Everything comes back. <laughs> everything, everything. I don't think dubstep's going to come back. I don't know. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. Some dumb kid with a dumb haircut will start like mixing things, and, and then all of a sudden, people. Yeah. Like, Do you ever hear of a thing called dubstep? And it's like, no, fuck you, not again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we've been through this, but there's you know just as many people that will say the same thing about uh, uh, new metal. And, yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, uh, number ten, the final one. What is your favorite John of all time? Again, can be anything. my life yeah <laughs> does my it? life count as an answer no, I, I, love my, I love my life uh it, it's a great life um you know uh the, all the roads that you take you know that, that take you to where you are like right now um you know there's there's been you know ups and downs and all that stuff you know it's it's cliche um but uh i love my life um so that's that's my no my i'll give you a, a an answer after i say that because you know life is good um but i've been watching star wars rebels yeah <laughs> i was i was late to the party on this so that's like that's like my current john not my all-time john but it, it's really great um, dude rebels is without a doubt my favorite non-original trilogy piece of star wars like it's so goddamn good and like yeah. how far in are you or uh i just i'm like five episodes into the second season so oh, uh dude you have yeah, so much so, goodness ahead of you yeah so like they just brought in the the two inquisitors mm -hmm. um and they've they've teamed up with uh with rex which i've slept on all that stuff like clone wars and rebels um clone wars was awesome uh the last season i mean when they started throwing the disney money at it, it was just out of this world yeah um but rebels i always looked at i was like ah, it's just like it, it's for little kids it's just a little little kid show but it's not it's really good yeah and maybe, yeah so yeah. uh yeah <laughs> you, have, you have so much good stuff ahead of you too it gets so yeah. dense it gets so I'm, dense i'm excited you know in the circle back to to the star wars legos uh one of the the things that i had gotten recently that i was super hype about and i hadn't even seen the show yet was uh the ghost yes I had, I had found the ghost and i was like oh this is really cool you know it's really neat now i'm like oh the ghost is so dope i'm like it's such a great ship and it, it's tied in so it's it's really cool Dude, I, I um, was like a solo person uh, in Rogue One. Ghost pops up. I start freaking out in the theater. It, like Katie and I are like going nuts. And then, yeah. in, and then in Last Jedi or um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, when the trailer came out, I was like, right there, right, look, there it is again. Like, uh -huh. you know? yeah. You're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> and, yeah. and everyone's like, what are you cheering at? And I'm like, sit down. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's a that it's a it's a cool show it's really great and it's it sucked me in and the the problem is that um i'll put on like an episode while i fall asleep and um you know it stops when like the battery dies right so i'm like wait a second i'm not i didn't finish the series <laughs> i mean my, my my phone thinks i've watched the whole series you know because, and, and yeah. disney thinks i've watched the whole series but i'm like wait a second no i was on episode 
episode three, season two. Okay, so I got to be careful. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Tell uh, all these fine people how they can find uh, you and Tribe of Names on the internet. Yes, we are. We are everywhere as Tribe of Names. Uh, as far as I understand it, we're Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Um, we're not doing, uh, we're not doing TikTok. Uh, we're not that hip. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, everywhere. Tribe of names. You just look up tribe of names, whatever, whatever platform you're going for. Um, I will post, I will post some links also, yeah. um, in the description of everything Thank and all that. Oh. Yeah. Um, check us out. You know, we've got that, that YouTube channel going, um, picking up momentum. Uh, you know, got to just keep chugging along and putting stuff out there and, and keep working it, man. Uh, but it's great. You know, we're, we're loving it, having a great time playing music and just getting to, uh, get stuff out there for people to see. Um, you guys are releasing videos once a week or something like that weekly once a week. Yeah. Once a week. Um, and what we're, uh, we're, we're trying to kind of where it's not all just music, you know, um, there's like a couple videos where, uh, Simon will review like some of the pedals on his guitar, uh, uh, guitar rig. Um, you know, or maybe it's, um, a couple minutes about the meaning of one of the songs, uh, like where it originates comes from. Um, and then of course music, you know? Yeah. So yeah, That's lots awesome. of stuff. That's uh, awesome. There are more content as, as time goes. Well, I'm glad to, um, finally, um, honor your father's request. Um, because, uh, I've told Scott this story before, but Scott's dad, uh, when I kicked off the, the podcast, uh, sent me a private message on Facebook and said, uh, will you be having any of the members of tribe of names on Yo, that's my John. And well, of course I'm going to have one of my best friends, one of the most important gentlemen in my life on my show. I wouldn't do anything without this guy involved somehow in some way, Scott, Thank you so much for joining us today on That's My John. My pleasure, dude. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, man. It was great. I, uh, you're John Rocks, man. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. I am going to stop. We can talk a little. And then uh, there's going to be an outro and some music and credits. And we're going to relay uh, where they find you on the internet and uh, all that good stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you, a thousand times thank you to my dear, dear friend, Scott Miller. You can find Tribe of Names on YouTube and at Tribe of Names on Instagram and Twitter. And check out the Valdez album, This, available on Apple Music and Spotify and all them streaming services. And be on the lookout for their new album coming out in 2021 on Bad Elephant Records. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite podcast providers and share it across all the social medias. Snap talk that tweet, Graham, my friends. Tell all your peeps about it. And earn yourself that truly super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. And find Yo That's My John on YouTube for the video companion to this podcast and more. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out, and touch some John. Well, this is the end, doo-doo-doo, beautiful friends. If you are hearing this before November 3rd, please, please vote. And if you're listening to it after, uh, um, how'd it turn out? <laughs>
How is it? Tell me. No, wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. See, I'm already in a volatile ball of anxiety as it is, and I don't need the jet fuel of knowledge of the future to come splashing down on that flame. So I guess... Until next time, everybody! Oh, unless there isn't a next time? Uh, people listening to this after November 3rd, is there a next time for us to, until then, too? Who is there? Tell me! Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production, written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Special thanks goes out to Fox Run Brands, Natalie Runkle Tompkins, and of course, the very lovely Katie Dobney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to see on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo, that's my john at gmail.com. But until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my john. Thank you.